everyone, I'm Thea Sanders, CEO and founder of the Naya Beauty App. Welcome to Naya Unfiltered, where I bring topics for your consideration that are impactful, insightful, and informative. I hope that you find these episodes interesting or at least entertaining. Enjoy our show. Who doesn't love tea? I love tea. When it's spilled, it's just so messy. Today, I'm joined by Michaela Rogers, our very own director of operations. We're going to be spilling some beauty tea with you guys about the ordinary. I know you've heard about the ordinary, but have you heard about this story? Stay tuned and buckle up. Hope you enjoy. This is our first ever episode. Together. Together. I know, this right? so exciting. My name is Michaela. I am the director of operations at Naya. Yeah, basically you're going to be hearing more from me on the podcast because we're recording together some episodes, some yeah. exciting stuff. Yeah, um, you, you're usually behind the scenes, yeah. like kind of directing yeah. the camera and um, just kind of giving me hand signals and stuff, right? Yeah, hand signals, like, oh, shut it down, like wrap it up, that kind of yeah. stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I usually like set up and I'm in the behind the scenes and doing all that stuff. And then also, everything that you see on our social media or anything, I usually am like have my hands in it, or I'm editing, or recording, or directing, up or late producing. At night. Yeah, yeah, doing the whole thing. So, um, everyone, pretty much. Well, I'm not gonna just say everyone should know me. Well, they should know me, but maybe they don't. If they don't, I'm Thea, CEO and um, founder of Naya Beauty App, and this is our podcast, Naya Unfiltered. Yay! We're doing something a little bit different. Rebranded. We're rebranded. I mean, it's like we're having an identity crisis, right? Because we're always, like, changing. um, We're always changing and um, trying to be... You know what? My my, um, word for this week is nimble. I think I've said it, like, 5,000 times, but I just think that we have to be nimble in order to just kind of pivot and see what our, our clients and our followers and listeners want. To listen to and, and what resonates with them and so I think that this year we decided we wanted to show a little bit more personality of ourselves so that everyone can see um, who's behind the brand and meet the team right and so that's why we brought uh, Michaela from behind Ooh. the scenes and now <laughs> you know she's going to be playing a bigger role in um, talking to everybody yeah so we just need to be more personable and yeah I'm excited to wear this is going to take us. I'm excited is, about this podcast now. This is great. Okay, so um, we thought we would do something a little tantalizing for our, um, this is like our, is this our second or third podcast? This will be our third episode. Yeah, this yeah. is our third episode. Okay, if you guys have no idea how much work Michaela had to go into um, trying to figure out this microphone situation, <laughs> but we're here. You guys can hear us, so this is good. Okay, so this is kind of... Um, um, like a tea spilling episode. So I guess it's like tea in the beauty industry or beauty um, scandals or controversies. So I um, have to say uh, just a PSA at the very beginning, um, trigger warning. This story um, does contain discussion of self-harm, suicide, depression, and or references to mental health disorders. And they may act as triggers. So please continue at your own discretion I want to give you guys a moment to turn off if you'd like to turn off, just to um, give you an opportunity before we head into our tea today. I just want to say, though, I had no idea that it was going to include any of that, so I'm actually kind of shook over here right now. Um, 
Um, so I'm excited to hear what you have to say. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. I, I'm like, what okay. is going on in the beauty right. community? So um, at first I thought I would do this episode and I would do, you know, there's so many scandals that I've gone through um, years, like decades in the beauty industry and controversies. But one that has resonated with me that I was like, I was just stuck with like a bowl of popcorn. Like, what is happening is Decium. Now, do you know about yeah, Decium? I know who they are. They are the ordinary. Right. Right. I use them like every day. And so when you told me that you were doing it about them, I was shook because <laughs> I didn't know there was anything wrong with them. Like, I mean, honestly, there's a lot of scandals with a lot of brands. And I feel right. like it's a lot of it's like brushed under the rug. And I had never heard about this one. So I'm actually really curious to hear about it because I had no clue. Okay, so for those listeners who don't know what um, Decium is or if you've been living under a rock, but Decium is um, a brand who, well, actually they're a company who have lots of brands. They When they started back in 2013, they actually had a bunch of sub-brands and they wanted to be in the beauty industry and they were doing like hair care, supplements, um, face, like skin care, just a bunch of things in the beauty and wellness um, sector. But what really stuck out was the ordinary. That became a hot ticket, you know. And I think what was really um, special about this brand, like why Ordinary um, was so successful, was because, you know, they... During that time, there was a really big push in skincare to, um, well, in the beauty industry, for skincare, you know, like it wasn't just about like washing your face and moisturizing and then that's it. But then all of a sudden, like these new exotic um, ingredients came out, like hyaluronic acid, glycolic acid, you know, and if you wanted to get your hands on some of these products, they were kind of a higher price point and it was more of a luxury item. And the founder... Um, the founders wanted to strip away that perception and make it more accessible to the masses. And so instead of paying, let's say, like $20 or $30 for a bottle, they were making it like $7, okay? And it was just like, right, it was the, if you took a look at the packaging, it wasn't anything special, right? It was kind of ab- like abnormally ordinary, yeah. Right. There wasn't any gimmicks or anything like that. So that became like the hot ticket item. So that's what Decium is known for is their brand, which is like a cult status. Yeah. Ordinary. Oh, well, yeah. I use it literally every day to this day. Well, would it surprise you to know that it was close to extinction back in 2018? To extinction? Wait, yeah. what does that mean? Like basically not only did it blow up in the world, but it was imploding at the same time within the company. That, Whoa. Did you even know this? I like, had no clue. That, right. I, but well, 2018, that was back when everything on YouTube was going down. Right. And so everyone was focused on like James Charles and Jeffree Star and all that jazz going to Tati and everything like that going down. So I feel like that kind of distracted from what was probably going on with actual brands. So there was like a lot of controversy. Yeah, going there was on like a ton of year. stuff going going on that year. So that I didn't even I literally did not even know about anything with that. Well, this is the wild story of the ordinary and basically this roller coaster of ups and downs and how it went from a story of triumph to a story of tragedy. Okay. Almost. Oh, tragedy like really tragic, like really tragic. 
Oh, gosh. <laughs> I mean, I, how, how have I not heard about this? I feel like I'm, like, so well-versed in, like, the beauty space, like, in Scandals, too. I'm, I love the drama. Am I the drama? <laughs> You're the drama. <laughs> well, in this case, it's not you. <laughs> okay, so, basically, it was, The Ordinary was found, well, actually, Decium, and Decium stands for, it's actually um, Latin, and let's see now, I have it, it's Latin for 10 in a sequence. Okay, and it actually started back in 2013 by a man named Brandon Truex. And Brandon, um, he started with, he actually had a co-founder and her name was Nicole. Um, and it was his idea to kind of, like, like I said, kind of um, make the skincare industry and beauty industry more transparent. And he was born in Iran. And believe it or not, he was actually a computer programmer. He started as a computer programmer and then he immigrated to... Canada and went to um, university there. And while um, after he got out of university, um, he actually started a high-end skincare line that was really super successful. But unfortunately, he was pushed out, and so that left him like super bitter. Okay. And like you know what, you're gonna regret this. So it, he made it his mission to like, okay, I'm gonna make a comeback, and I'm gonna come back strong. So in 2013, he started this brand. Um, he started the company Decium. And like I said, there were actually 11 other sub-brands underneath um, Decium, the umbrella of Decium. But it was actually the ordinary that really stood out um, just because there was such a big push for skincare. And he started it with um, a friend of his, and her name is Nicole. And they started, it was headquartered out of Toronto. Yeah, I knew that in, it was in Canada. in Canada. And so... Um, like I said, one of the things that he was doing was that he thought that people were overpaying for, you know, like glycolic acid, hyaluronic acid. He just, he just thought it wasn't fair. So that's why he's like, you know what? I'm going to make it $7 and I'm going to make it accessible to everybody. And like her, his friend, um, Nicole, like totally loved that idea. So they were like hustling and basically it got to like a cult status because it really resonated with the community and a lot of people dug it and it got so crazy that even Kim Kardashian had signed up you know signed off on it like oh, oh really? I love the ordinary yeah so he had like celebrities you know coming on board and talking about it and so that was that was awesome right um and then it got to a point where it got so big that Estee Lauder came in and bought a percentage okay Okay, so yeah. they bought actually 28%. So they were a minority stakeholder. And when was this? This was back in 2016. They did something that was kind of interesting also where they did not outsource. Okay, like right. had like no white labeling. They actually hired a bunch of employees and they made it themselves. Which yeah. Which is super interesting. Oh, yeah, I remember. I saw like they had like a document documentary or something like that where or something like that where someone went in there and like walked around with the founder and and it they had a whole lab in-house and yeah i was like that's where we, we were where we saved the money because we're doing it all in-house we're not outsourcing it all for any labs in it i mean I, if you think about it estee lauder is like a huge company right yeah and so they talk about when you're a business or a brand and you have like like let's say venture capitalists they want quick returns right they they've invested like a huge ton of money and so they want um, a big return. And that's a lot of pressure, if you can imagine that. And 
if you can imagine like Brandon, you know, here he, he um, has this like creative brain and to have that pressure of making money, I think that might've started the cracks because in the year 2018, shit started to go sideways. Oh my gosh. <laughs> okay. So first, you know, remember now he had started this company with one of his best friends, Nicole. And the first thing that started kind of being weird was he started questioning her loyalty. Like, Ooh, is okay. she a really good friend? And he started to being like super paranoid. And then he ended up firing her. And she was there from day one. But it was so, um, so, such a shock to everyone that, that even the CFO, like he quit. Oh, really? Yeah, he's like, I'm out. Because the way he handled it, it was just... Wait, he panic. fired her? He fired her. He just, like, ousted her. Like, you know, you're done. Because he just didn't trust her anymore. They trust her for about what? Like, that she was going to take over the company? He just started getting, just getting super paranoid, paranoid and yeah. just, you know, didn't trust her anymore. Started questioning her um, loyalty and so just, like, kicked her to the curb. Okay. And he was, like, super aggressive with her. So... You know, she had been there since day one and, like, working her tail off. And when she went home, you know, her husband's like, just come home and just relax. And they had never really um, talked about having a family. But she, after all that stress was gone because Brandon started acting so erratic, she actually ended up getting pregnant. Okay. Okay. So these are, this is good news. And... Brandon started being still aggressive with her so that her husband had to call him up and say, hey, you know what? She's pregnant. This is like really um, a sensitive time right now. Can you just kind of back off? And he's like, oh, God, you're right. You're right. So she wasn't even three weeks pregnant. And then he just basically like told the world that, oh, yeah, and she's pregnant. Oh, my God. He announced her pregnancy. Yes. Uh -uh. And you know you're not supposed to announce, you know, the pregnancy for like, yeah. you know, like a few months or something like that. But, yeah, he's like, he's totally you know, letting people know and just being completely erratic. Another thing that seems completely bizarre and off script is that, okay, in the year 2018, um, they were set to have $300 million in sales. Oh, wow. That's how big they were. Yeah, they're huge. They were in Sephora by then. Well, would it surprise point? you that he decided to fire the social media manager and say, I'm going to take care of all the social media? <laughs> <laughs> and that way, I, can you imagine if you did that to me? You'd be like, okay, what do I do now? <laughs> yes. So that was oh like God. one of the most bizarre things that he did is that he decided that he was going to handle the Instagram account. They okay. had close to a million followers. And they're at $300 million sales. And they probably didn't buy any of those followers. No. And Let they tell had you. stores, you know, across the globe. You know, they had stores in London, stores in Amsterdam, stores everywhere. And he basically was like, no, I'm going to handle the Instagram. And he turned Instagram, their page, into his personal platform. Like, for instance, using it as Slack. So he would message his employees using the Instagram, like Instagram platform, their page. Okay. And tagging, tagging employees, you know, and ranting about them or whatever. Okay. So it was like, he started to act like kind of strange. So people were, you know, asking, are you okay? And it got so bad that one of, I guess maybe it was a friend or someone he knew said, Hey, are you okay? Are you doing okay? And he's like, yeah, I'm fine. Why don't you go use this? It was some product that was basically a skin lightening 
and the person was a person of color. So then they said, like, okay, that's a racist comment. Like, oh, why would you tell her? Gosh. He's like, yeah, worry about yourself and use this product. Yeah. So then there started to be a lot of backlash. Um, another thing that was happening was that he was um, yelling at people on Instagram. Like, he would yell at the customers if they, you know, had a problem with the product or something. And, you know, before, let's say, like, I think S.A. Lauder, it was in between, let's say maybe it was, like, 2017 that S.A. Lauder came in and, and um, bought a min minority stake and poured a ton of money. And people thought that he had sold out, right? So yeah. a lot of loyal customers, because it was like, you know, it was like a cult product. We're putting pressure on him, like, dude, you're like, you know, you're a sellout. You're not real. So he's, like, yelling at customers on Instagram. <gasps> it's, it's funny because it was like an indie brand, right? Yeah. And instead of having, like, a close relationship, like, making it, like, a warm and fuzzy community, he even went after other indie brands. And like what? Yeah, like he went after the founder of Drunk Elephant. <laughs> he was just like, oh yeah, and he had to come out and apologize. But he would like basically go after people. In fact, okay, so um, he had a. I guess they had some type of collaboration with the plastic surgeon in the UK, and without even giving a heads up to the the to the doctor, he announced it on Instagram that yeah, I'm not working anymore and they had gone into like development like research and development and, oh and signed contracts and didn't even have like the courtesy of like letting the doctor know like hey I don't want to do this anymore he's just like yeah I'm no longer working with him that's how the doctor found out that's insane <laughs> that's actually insane yes and so <laughs> it was so bad that like the employees were just like nervous wrecks and they were you know, posting on Glassdoor. You know what Glassdoor is, right? I absolutely do. Oh, I yeah. I made a Glassdoor review or two. <laughs> so, yep. they, well, if you go into Glassdoor, like, even employees were just writing about how, you know, they were verbally abused <gasps> and how, you know, he would just be yelling at them. And, and there was so much disorganization that it was just a nightmare, hellish place to work. Oh, my gosh. And because people were, like, posting this, journalists were starting to do like you know um some investigative reporting on like what is going on because this is such a great brand and seemingly were, on the yeah, outside seemingly but then because brandon was using instagram which is a huge platform and had almost a million followers and is making it like the company bulletin board you know, but how, like, on his, on the stories, or, like, he was actually oh, posting? Oh, putting, posting, yeah, posting. He was, po like, what, but what, like, for example, what was he posting? Like, I don't get how he, how he was even able to do that. Oh, no, he took it go. over. He took it over and okay. said, yeah, I am in control. So now he has the password yes. and no one else does? Yes. What? He would be posting, he would be posting his stories, he would post to be the captions, he, and that's, but my question yes. is, how did if if this is at this point they're owned by Estee Lauder or they're bought well, out? By now remember, Estee Lauder only owned twenty eight percent. It's so, a minority stake. He had controlling. Okay, so he had full control. There was no board. There was nothing that they there could was do. didn't seem like there was anybody. But wouldn't they have control. been able to pull out like or something threatened to pull out or something like that if you didn't get? Well, I think that well him. they were trying to check him. And okay. what's so crazy? Not crazy. I don't want to say crazy, but it's just so wild is that they were trying to check him and he put that email on Instagram and was calling Estee Lauder out. Oh, <laughs> yes. Where was I? 
I feel like this is would have been huge. Yeah, and even through this, it's still gaining popularity, and they were able to get into Sephora, right? After like all of this internal strife okay. that's happening. But yeah, Estee Lauder, I think they were trying to, you know, because if you look at Estee Lauder, they're pretty quiet and private and subdued. Yeah, right. I agree. You and know, the brands that they own or that they have taken are like that too. Right. So they're just like trying to they're maintain not control <laughs> and they're trying to like, you know, say like, hey, can you pump the brakes? But instead of like listening and cooperating, he was like, oh, look at what they're doing. And he put them on blast on Instagram. Oh, they're trying to silence me. Yes. Oh my God. So now remember, they only had 28% interest and so they could not vote him out. Yeah. But what they could do is they could take him to court. And since it was in Canada, I guess there is this, this law that basically they have recourse and they can remove a person. Like maybe let's say they don't believe in his ability to lead anymore, right? They can have him, re him removed. And that's exactly what happened. So the Canadian okay. court basically sided with, Estee Lauder, and if you think about it, I mean, they could probably have a good argument saying, you know what, we've invested millions and millions of dollars, all right, how, however many millions of dollars, right? And, and he's basically destroying the company, you know, because he's arguing with customers, right? He's airing our dirty laundry. He is cutting ties and violating contracts. And putting, posting it everywhere. Internal emails he's putting out on Instagram. He's literally just disintegrating the company. Yeah. We need to get rid of him. And that's exactly what they did. Okay, good. Okay, <laughs> so they got rid of him. And now remember Nicole? Yeah, Nicole. Best friend? Well, she got fired. She got fired. But guess what? They brought her back. They brought her back. Hey. <laughs> so Estee Lauder brought her back. Okay. Okay. Good. So she seemed like she had her shit together. Right. And she was super loyal. She did not speak badly about him. She, and during this time, she did not speak to the press. So she wasn't saying anything. She wasn't going around bad-mouthing him. Yeah. But now remember when the first skincare line that he got kicked out of, he was like a bitter bitch. Wait, right? what was that? Say that one again, just as a reminder. What was the name of that one? The one he got kicked out of? The, that was one. It, it wasn't even... It, you out. know what? It it's no, I don't think it, it. I don't think it's around anymore. It starts with an E. I don't even know, but it's like it was in Canada. Okay, you know, and that was back in two thousand and six, two thousand and seven. Ah, okay. So Nicole comes back into play, right? Right. And this is when Brandon is just deciding to blow shit up. Okay. Did he have his own social media as well? No. So no, I think you know what? Actually, I take that back. I think at that time he um, he did. He, he did have his own social media, but he still had, in, they had removed him as far as CEO, but he still had control of the Instagram for a little bit. Oh my gosh. Okay. And so what he decided to do was now remember what they've done is they've removed him, but they still only have like a 28% interest and they have a new CEO, but he has controlling interest, right? Because mm -hmm. he has most of the shares yeah. at this point in time. He decides that, you know what, I'm going to blow things up and I'm closing all of the stores. Remember they had opened all these stores around the yeah. world? Yeah. He closed all the stores in London <gasps> and he started to basically systematically call the different stores and letting employees know that if they did not close it, that he would be terminating them. 
And so even when the newspapers and the and the journalists would call, people were afraid. They were like, you know what? I was just told that we're we're going to be closing. Yeah. You know. Oh so what happened is that Estee Lauder had to go back to court and they filed a restraining order against him. Okay. Which he also posted on Instagram about this. <laughs> oh my God. Somebody needs to check him. Yes. That's crazy. Now during this time, it's obvious that he's struggling mentally. Like, yeah. He's, oh, okay. Obviously he's spiraling. He's just spiraling out like, okay, so here it is that who knows what's going on in his mind. Right. But there are accounts um, that basically he had been committed four times in three different countries. Now, okay. one time he actually was um, committed in the UK. And when he flew into the UK, they found drugs on him. And it was meth. <gasps> Crystal meth. <laughs> yeah. So Whoa. some people think like, you know, some people want to blame his behavior on Maybe it was mental illness. Maybe it's a combination. Some, maybe of... it was like drugs. Mm -hmm. You know, and some people are saying like who were friends of him of his for years and they're saying like, hey, not one thing did this. It wasn't just like you pull a string, like place a thread, and then he just came apart. This was his behavior. He was known to be erratic. He was known to be you know, especially if you're creative, you explosive. Yeah. But then it seemed they said there's accounts where he knew that, oh, I exploded. And maybe, you know, and it wasn't appropriate. Like, he knew that, that his behavior was not appropriate. But at this time, I think that he was spiraling so much so out of control that there was no one to check him. You know, because before he had Nicole, right? And before he had, like, an outlet, which was the company. But now the company was taken away from him. So at this point, his whole life was just chaos. Okay. Okay. And... I guess they even said that he, it's confirmed that he admitted to his staff that he was, like, taking shrooms and coming to work. <gasps> yeah. Isn't that kind of similar to what, what that happened with that guy who was, um, I think I think you told me about this, or it was all over the news. Yes. He went and he, like, took acid before he Iterable. The, yes, the CEO of Iterable. Yeah. <laughs> and he went to, he took acid, right? Acid, yes. And he went to go pitch, and then he was tripping. Yeah, and he was pitching for money to help him during COVID, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, which is, and then he was surprised that he got fired. So that's like a kind of tasty tip that we could do, like one that's not in the beauty sector, but yeah, that's like a Maybe really tech. good story. So basically, after he was arrested in England and they found crystal meth, he was taken in and committed to a hospital. Okay. Okay. And his lawyer got him out because they were saying like, you know, he's not psychotic. Yeah. He doesn't have anything to do with drugs, nothing like that. And so his, his um, lawyer was able to get him out. And he said that he was not addicted to drugs at the age of 40 in January of 2019. Cause it was a tumultuous year of 2018. Brandon Truax jumped from his Toronto condo falling 26 floors and it was ruled that his death was death by suicide. Are you serious? How did, like, this yes. just get swept under the rug? I have n literally never heard about this story before. Yeah. It, and it was like, the year was 2018. It was just, uh, I mean, it was like a whirlwind, right? Yeah. Like, he's, these, he has all this success. Mm -hmm. You got Estee Lauder. You're in Sephora. All of this stuff is yes. happening. He was like, literally, people were seeing that. You know, 
he was like spiraling and posting that like my life is in danger in England and just super paranoia. Right. Okay. So, so is it maybe like a schizophrenia thing? Maybe, you know, they, mm-hmm. there, there's definitely some issues with, with mental um, health and illness And there. apparently drug abuse. Yes, Whoa. and drug abuse. And so, I mean, even after his death, there was controversy because his partner, apparently his heirs were fighting over trying to get money over a private jet, which is like, what does a private jet have to do with this? What? Yeah, what? So apparently he had allegedly purchased... A private jet. Okay. And um, now there's a little bit of, um, now it's disputed whether or not he paid for all of it. Now his heirs are saying he paid all of it. Um, the private jet company saying he didn't. His heir? Yeah. He has kids? No, his, like, it's his partner. Oh, okay. That okay. he, okay. So, um, and I think maybe like his family or something okay. like that. And they wanted that money back because... His family was saying, like, hey, he did buy that jet, but he decided that it was too small, so he was going to get his money back. But before he could get his money back and get a refund, he died. Okay. And the company is saying, like, well, no. Breach of contract. Breach of contract. You know, like, he, it's not our fault that he didn't want it, so they were going right. to go. They, so they went, they're going to court to um, get that money. And okay. they're still fighting over that. And then as for Desium and Nicole... She's still the CEO, and as of 2020, it's set to make $330 million in sales. Wow. And because of, like, kind of like you said, like, it's, if you think about it, I think that the ordinary Desium, it's like the OG, right? Now you have, like, Absolutely. Glossier, you have... Oh, uh, yeah, the ordinary is a household name. Right. Um, you have all of these other, like, ink key, right? Inky list. Yeah, yeah, the Inky list. You know, now they have, today, they have 1,400 employees, <laughs> and they've received a billion-dollar investment from Estee Lauder. And Estee wow. Lauder is set to acquire, fully acquire Decium by 2024. Okay. Yeah. So Estee Lauder is still there, right? They're making money, and Nicole okay. is still there. And afterwards, you know, Nicole has still been like a true blue friend and you know she was really super saddened by his death and his passing and it was like acknowledging the fact that you know this was a lot it had a lot to do with mental illness yeah and so that she wanted to start a foundation and you know make they made a a, i think like a hundred thousand dollar um contribution charitable contribution to like a mental health you know foundation to try to you know, to, to help right, his, other people in pain. It's kind of a sad, I mean, it is a sad story. It is a very, it's a sad, very story. sad story, but you probably had no idea. I had no clue. I had, I thought, when you started the story, I thought this man was still alive. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's crazy. That's, that's some scandal, huh? That is a scandal, but it's also really sad. I feel like, aw. I know. I, like, I just didn't expect that. <laughs> I know, and, and how did I not hear about this? Like, that's actually what is, like, confusing me the most because I've never heard the story. And before. you would think that, you know, like, like you said, The Ordinary is a household name, right? right? And to think that, I mean, to build it from nothing, from scratch, to this, yeah, it's like a billion-dollar company. Well, it's genius. I mean, it's affordable products. People can buy multiple of the products, 
and then you end up making more money in the long run. They use it up and they're not afraid to use it up because mm-hmm. they can buy more. I mean, right. I, I went through like, honestly, in like a year, I went through like three or four of those hyaluronic acid serums because I wasn't afraid to use it. I was like, I can afford to buy another one. It's genius. If you can give people the same exact ingredients and just simplify it and not spend a lot on marketing, that's because I remember them like having this whole thing where we don't spend money on marketing because we, we don't need to. It's word of mouth. I thought that was genius. I'm like, oh, well, now I want to talk about you more. Yeah. Because you're not, like, being pushed towards me. They never worked with influencers. They never did any of that. You know, when this was going, I remember reading an article about this, like, the company imploding because of this CEO. And that's when I started finding out about The Ordinary. Because, really? like you said, like, I, you know, they didn't really do a lot of marketing. And I, and I didn't really know, you know what these products were and and stuff and then all of a sudden I started reading in the news and it was and you know some of my resources were like you know articles from the New York Times and um I started reading about it and then once you know then you go down the rabbit hole of like oh well what is this product and then I went and bought it yeah and it was like wow this is so affordable right yeah I can get this that and the other and so I was getting like a bunch of their products like you said there had so many right right and I think that's another thing too is like you kind of go on the website and you're like well, I need that too. And I need this and I can afford all of this stuff, but then it ends up being like the same price as one thing that has all those ingredients in it already. Like drunk elephant, I'm sure has like a a moisturizer that has all those things, ingredients in it, but all of them are separate. So it is kind of genius now that I think about it, Mm -hmm. but that's crazy that that happened. That's so sad. So you guys hear, that's the tea. That's the first (laughs) episode of like, that's That's the first, that's the first episode. So I mean, that came out the gate, right? With big punch. Yeah. It was, and was, what was kind of cool. I mean, not cool was the fact that it was kind of a surprise for you that it's like, oh, I already know this tea. I already know this. Yeah. But just be like, what? I looked up his picture because I just wanted to put a, you know, a face to the name and, um, like it, and it shows like him like tweet or not tweeting um instagramming people like comments and stuff like you don't know which Estee lauders to tag and you don't realize that they don't control our company and they wouldn't agree with your stupid post xoxo brandon like he would like sign his comments like and he like he did not care that's so crazy no oh my gosh yeah so if you guys want to go take a look you should take a look i I don't know if they still have those posts I'm sure that the company scrubbed them because they were pretty controversial. I think this could be a series. Us. Oh, yeah. You know what? I would love for this to be a series where we kind of talk about, like, not just tea. I feel like this isn't, isn't necessarily even tea. It's right? more like just uh, reflecting on things that happen in the beauty industry that aren't much sure. different from any other industry. Yeah. I'm sure that something similar has happened to other industries. Yes. Just the beauty industry. There's just something about it that's like, I want to know more. What's the drama? Right. And there is a lot of drama. I mean, we've got a lot of drama to talk about in the industry, like the YouTube influencers. Yeah. See, I feel like maybe I missed this because I was more so like invested in the YouTube side of things. You know what? We may just turn this into a series. I know. That would be a fun series. I actually really enjoy this topic. Good. We're the drama. We're the drama. (laughs) All right, guys. Thanks so much for joining us. But as a PSA, I just have to say, if you or someone you know is in crisis, please call 911 or go to the nearest emergency room. You can call 1-800-273-TALK, which is 1-800-273-8255, to reach a 24-hour crisis center. Or text MHA to 741741. 
at the crisis text line. Thanks guys. Talk to you next time. Thanks for listening guys. See you next time. And remember to follow us on TikTok and Instagram at Naya Beauty App. Bye.